0: is the deal y'all so i'm gonna let y'all know something man look i got a real real special treat for y'all today in this new universe you know what i'm saying but it's still kind of old i'm gonna keep saying that it's low-key my shit though but i got an amazing treat for y'all i'm about to scare the literal shit out of y'all with real life and some paranormal stories today And when I say I'm going to scare the shit out of y'all, like, it's it's about to get real. Like, realer than real things is about to happen, and I'm about to say some real, real deep shit. Like, this, the first thing I'm about to go through is actually a well-known serial killer. If you guys don't know him, you're about to know him today. And I will say, please, 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 this, what I'm about to talk about in the beginning, literally, I'm going to just say... Warning it is about to get really graphic, it's about to get really dark, and it's gonna get really sad real fast in the beginning, and I'm gonna try to ease it up with a little like with my own little jokes, not about the people, but trying to lighten the situation because the shit gets dark and it's really, really painful but also before we get into it, um yeah universe e a man we got a Twitter page and we got a Facebook group now. it is the same name as my podcast universe e a on Facebook, it's a whole group. I can invite you, or you can DM me on my Twitter page now that we have for the universe, Universe EA, once again, on Twitter and Facebook. You can DM me if you want to be a part of it, or you just try to find on your own. I'm always down to have more people. I'm always down for more critiques. I'm always down for anything, for real. I love scary shit, and I love talking about serial killers. Not because I want to be a serial killer, and I ain't no weirdo like that, but... It's always cool to see in the mind of a different person and to hear and what's going on. So, we're going to dive dead on into this shit, man. And when I say dead on into this shit, we finna dive into this crazy son of a gun, Edmund Kemper. So, on August 27th, 1964, Edmund Kemper was sitting at the table with his grandmother him and his grandma had gotten into an argument. Your boy stormed off and grabbed his hunting rifle that his grandfather gave him. Now, went and grabbed the hunting rifle. Granny thinking that he about to go outside and shoot birds. Nah, that is definitely not what he was planning to do. Ooh, excuse me. Your boy shot his grandma in the head, then shot her two more times in the back. And that's granny, bro. Like, granny to me, granny is everything. It, it didn't never even have to get that deep, but it gets deeper. Like, it gets deeper than deep. After that, he he stabbed her multiple times post-mortem, then drug her body out of the kitchen into the bedroom. Then Kemper seen his grandfather in the driveway when he came home and shot him dead in the driveway. And the reason why he said he shot him was because he did not want his grandfather to find his grandmother dead and he wanted them to be dead together. You still a piece of shit. That is not a valid reason to do what you did. Fuck all that. Then this fool called his mama, told her what he did. She told him to call the police. After doing so, Brody was taken into custody. This is literally what he said. Quote, I just wanted to see what it felt like to kill grandma. End quote. And he was 15 at the time diagnosed when he didn't even go to prison he went to a criminally insane juvenile center at 15 years old because he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia so we getting an early start your boy is batshit crazy like when i say batshit i mean he batshit crazy and he's in an insane asylum now we're about to go down to what happened in this in- asylum, basically. He didn't kill nobody in the asylum, but it's about to get weird because he is super fucking smart. He assist when he was there, he took 14 different tests, psychological tests, memorized all of the correct answers. This allowed him to pass the test, his sane, healthy mind, and well adjusted. Later in his life, he revealed that these tests allowed him to function. A lay- it, basically, he was manipulating his psychiatrist, basically. I'm not about to try to keep going verbatim. We about to hit it from, from the crib. This fool said that he learned a lot from the sex offenders who, admit, who administered the test, like how he was to kill a woman after raping her to avoid leaving a witness. He went way too far with that one. It ain't never that deep to rape no woman. It ain't never that deep to rape nobody. It ain't never that deep to, to assault, to sex. None of that, bro. It's too many women out here in this world. Motherfuckers selling pussy. You don't even. I feel that this is this was in the 70s and the 60s, but fuck no. Regardless of the fact, it's too many people out here in this world for you just to go around raping motherfuckers. That's, that ain't even cool, bro. Flat the fuck out. Flat out. Now, between May of 1972 and April of 1973, Big Dog went on the 11-month murder spree. Starting with young women he picked up while he was hitchhiking. Duh. Look, so in the beginning, he picked up around 150 hitchhikers, right? Any of them could have been victims. But unfortunately, he had sexual urges that he called his little zapples. It didn't get triggered until May 7, 72, when he grabbed his 18. No, he picked up two 18-year-old girls. My fault, y'all. Two. From Fresno State. Mary Ann and Anita Mary. I fuck with it because y'all, like, it's Mary and Mary and both of y'all names. He picked up both of them. He took them in secluded woods near Almada near the highway department, handcuffed them, locked the trunk before stabbing them both and strangling them. Put both their bodies in his trunk of his forehead galaxy and returned to his apartment. Now, this was crazy y'all. This is, was crazy. Now, what I was reading and the research I did, Big Dog was pulled over, right? He was pulled over because of a broken taillight. Officer let him go and continued on his way. When he went to the crib, his roommate wasn't even home. So he took the bodies in to his apartment. Mind you, these women are dead. Sorry, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's about to get real graphic, y'all, on what he did. He took them into his his apartment, took pornographic pictures of them, then had sex with their naked corpses before he dismembered their bodies, put them into plastic bags, which he disposed of in Loma Prieta Mountains, and threw their head, head, whoa, this nigga cut their heads off? Oh, my God. He cut their heads off and threw them in a ravine. That's two bodies this man that caught and it ain't even he just did it just cuz. Man. So September 14th, he picked up this 15 year old Korean dancer named Akiya Ko. She decided to hitchhike after class because she missed her bus. He drove now this is probably the one of the wildest scenes I have read about in like a lot of serial killers, serial rapists, or any type of cases. It's is one of the wildest. I'm not going to say the wildest, but this is what happened in this scene. He drove her to a remote area, pulled a gun on the girl before locking himself out the car. He accidentally locked himself out of the car. She unlocked the door, let him back in. He had the keys and the gun to the car. Proceeded. To pinch her nostrils and force her to black out. I ain't never heard of nothing like that. But he pinched her nostrils. Forced her to black out. Then he did his. How he killed the last girls. I don't really want to say that again. Because that's fucked up. Threw her body into the trunk of his car. And he decided to go to the bar. To get a few drinks after this. Then. He opened the trunk again. Just to admire his catch like a fisherman. For one last time. Took the body back to his apartment did his same thing like he did to his other previous victims. And my goodness. So this is the next day after he killed this girl. He went to his psychiatrist for a follow-up requirement for parole. The first doctor he talked to were a while indicated that he saw no reason for, to consider Kemper a danger to anyone. The second one actually used words like he a normal and a safe guy. And they said that he has became a better citizen. They had no fucking idea what this man was doing outside, like no idea at all, bro. Man, all right, so January seventh, bro, seventy three. He moved back in with his mama, driving around. The, it, oh wait, so look, his mom worked at a college. This is the he. This is when he just got bloodlust. He picked up. An eighteen year old hitchhiker named Cynthia, who he liked to call Cindy, drove her to the, the same woods, shot her with a twenty two caliber pistol, put her in the trunk, drove her back to his mama's house where he kept her body hidden in his closet overnight when his mother left for work that next morning he this is why I say that this he was smart. it's rarely that you hear about this without somebody having a medical background but after he raped her dead body he removed the, the bullet from her corpse like removed it out he decapitated her and dismembered her in his bathtub and kept her head for several days before burying he buried it in his garden in his mama garden bro and later said he did it because he, oh my goodness, he said that he did this because his his mama always wanted her students to look up at her. So February fifth, this this he is on, he 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 going he tripping, bro. He need to be stopped, and he, I'm glad that he was, but he was tripping. I'm, I wish people stopped him earlier. Got into another fight with his mama. He left the house to search for somebody to take his anger out on. So, with heightened suspicion in Santa Cruz, they had seen a serial killer. Students were advised not to get in cars. Or univers- well, the police told people, do not get no car without nobody with a university sticker on. Now, the only reason he had a university sticker, because his mother worked at Santa Cruz University of Carolina. That's how he was getting around. He found 23-year-old Rosalina and 20-year-old Alice. With both of the women in the car, he drove through the campus, slowed down, then he remarked on a beautiful view. He picked up his gun and shot, sat it on his lap. Then he picked it back up, shot Thorpe first, the first girl. Then her head fell against the window, and the other girl started to panic in the car. He fired, shot her through her hands while she was still moving. He missed twice before he shot her in her temple. But She was still alive as he approached the gate where two young men were stationed security guards for the campus when they saw the sticker they waved him through with the two women in the back seat he told some interviewers later that the, he told the guards asked him what he doing with the girls in the back and he said oh they was drunk and he was taking them back to their dorms he shot old girl point blank range when he was further away because she was still allowed to kill her then dog pulled in broad daylight broad day pulled into a cul-de-sac transferred their bodies from the back of his car to the trunk and beheaded them and took the bullet out of both of their skulls, then drove away from Santa Cruz to dispose of the body. This man here, this 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 dude here, he 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 was something else. Edmund Kemper I just I real like wish one of them like had like a knife or a gun and shot you straight in your balls, bro. Like straight in there. Before we take this little deeper dive into the more of Edmund Kemper. I'm about to break down his childhood of with his mother, dealing with his father. And his mother, honestly, bat shit crazy. And he had to stay with her. Like, when I say bat shit crazy, he grew up in a house with sisters and him. His mom, I want to say it was either between the ages of five and nine. Like, I forgot when she made him do this, but he wasn't allowed to be upstairs at all in the house. Like, when I say at all, I mean at all in the house. To the point where she put him downstairs in, like, a basement-type cellar. Mind you, he's a little kid. And he was telling his mom that he was scared to be down there. He was afraid of the dark. It was one gritty light bulb that he was talking about in his interview that he used to have to run to every night to cut on because it was so dark and it was so scary down there. He didn't really have any social cues like that. Like, he was socially awkward because of what his mother did, but he was still smart. And y'all want to know the reason why his mama put him down there as a child? And he he gave no indications of this because he did not know nothing of this. His mother told him. He thought, she thought that he would rape his sisters while they slept. That's what kind of animal he was. And he reminded her of his father so much. And his father, yeah, he was kind of a terrible person. But he wasn't no rapist, bro. She physically abused him, mentally abused him, and really made him into the monster that he really is today. Now, back, that's just a little insight to him, but back to this, this piece of garbage, Edmund Kemper. So, nearly a month after killing the two girls that he just killed, he killed his own mom. He waited all night in his room while she slept, and at 5.15 a.m., he got a hammer, went to her bedroom, Hit her once very hard in her fucking face. Then he slit her throat. Then, bro, beheaded her. After unsuccessfully trying to get rid, he tried to, like, he took her throat off Her larynx, put it in the garbage disposal. Pieces of her throat, because his mom used to always yell, pieces of her larynx started spitting out the garbage disposal. And he said to himself, well, you still won't be quiet even after death, huh? So the head, he took his mom's head put it on the shelf, screamed at it for hours, threw darts at her head, then ultimately smashed her head. That afternoon, he decided if someone else was to find his mother dead, it would cause suspicion at a point. So he told Sarah Harlett, a friend of hers, that there was a surprise dinner for his mother, and she was invited. So when she came through, initially, he tried to strangle her like with his hands. Then he used the scarf that the one girl, Akio, he took from her as a trophy and strangled her with it took all her clothes off and he raped her body put her corpse in the closet left a note for the police saying approximately five fifteen Saturday no need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible murderous butcher it was quick asleep the way I wanted it not sloppy and incomplete gents just a lack of time I got things to do that is the most fucked up thing ever what did this lady didn't even do nothing, bro. She just was a friend of your mama, bro. That's how cold. Like that's real cold. So then your boy drove non-stop to Pueblo, Colorado, my fault y'all. I, I I don't even know what the hell that was. After not hearing no news on the radio about his murders or his mom or Harley, he found a phone booth and called the police. Now, this is what's crazy about this part. He called the police and confessed to killing his parents. The police did not take him seriously, didn't even go check on the house, nothing like that. He called back again. and He told them he wanted to speak to an officer that he knew personally and confessed. Then he waited for them to arrive and arrest him and take him into custody. He said that he was done killing, his original purpose was gone, and it wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose anymore. It was just a pure waste of time emotionally. I couldn't handle it much longer. Towards the end, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing and a point near exhaustion, near collapse. I just said to hell with it and called it off. This nigga called it off like he going on a killing spree on Call of Duty or something. Like, man, you know what? I'm going to just cut the game off. Bro, you was killing people. What the fuck? All right. This nigga's insane. Yeah, he really is insane. So during during his court trial... Appointed psychologist revealed that Kemper had also engaged in cannibalism of some of his victims. He said that he sliced flesh from their legs and cooked it and ate it and strips of macaroni casserole. Time out. Instead of just putting ham in your macaroni, you feel me? You put pieces of thigh meat? You put pieces of thigh meat instead of ham, bro? Yeah, you a weirdo weirdo and you need a fade like with, I mean like with some old rusty clippers get him a fade when he go to prison get an infection in your head and get tetanus at the top that's what you need but so on November 8th 1973 it was a six man six woman jury they only convened for five hours guilty on all counts this is how savage he is he said he wanted death by torture but California they don't do that so he had seven Seven years to life terms for each count of the murders that he did. And he was sentenced to California Medical Facility. He voluntarily denied himself parole in July 2007. Time all, time all time all time out. Pause, pause, pause. Because I see that he denied parole for himself in 2007, 2012, and 2017. And he. Why do they keep offering this man this shit? And he told them himself that he is not fit for fucking society. What, what would you. What the? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So since his imprisonment, he was in many interviews. He wanted to really tell his story, and he really, really, really just wanted, you know what I'm saying, just to take, say what was going on, because he was done. He he didn't care anymore. And he this this man was like, when I say he was extremely smart, your boy had an IQ of 145, and on top of that. The way he was attacking these women, it wasn't a lot of people that was really going to stand up to him because I don't think I covered the specs of how this dude looked. I will post his picture on a a Twitter page and a Facebook page, but your boy, your boy here, man, he was 6'9", 250 pounds with an IQ of 145. He was built like a fucking lineman, and he was attacking and raping women, bro. Like, he wasn't even beating him. He was mercilessly killing him and shooting him in the face for no fucking reason, bro. This this man is fucking insane. Yeah, y'all. Don't 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 be like that that piece of shit, Edmund Kemper, man. That that dude complete and ent- total like when i say complete and total complete and total fucking piece of shit like that that's that's truly fucked up i have no sympathy no remorse for him but his victims i feel very sad even his own mother because he had to kill her like that even though she was a piece of shit y'all should really go look up her fucking story but jesus man she she and her friend and the rest of those women did not have to get dead like that and also Kind of left out a really important part. Edmund Kemper actually raped his mom, and after he beheaded her, and that's 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 just terrible. But on to something that is not that disgusting, but it's still super fucking creepy, and it's my special treat for y'all because it came in from one of you guys. I'm gonna give a special shout out to the homie Chris. She is amazing. When I say amazing, she, I believe she's clairvoyant. Like, I believe a lot of stories that you guys tell me, a lot of you guys have sent me in stories, and I'm going to try to put them in on scary shit or, like, creepy talks or when I do horror movies, like, at the end. But this is literally for you guys to know, to let you guys know, I'm listening to y'all, and I really appreciate y'all listening to me, and I appreciate all the views, especially from different countries. Like, I want to get in tune with all y'all. I want to know some of y'all background I want y'all to send me some scary shit, some funny shit. And I will talk about all of it, man. I'll tell my preppers like I'm about to do right now. But this right here, this is going to be my first listener story. And Chris, thank you for this shit. Because when I read it the first time, like at the beginning of this year, I was shook. And man, so when she was 16, she was in unapproved. I mean, an unapproved exorcism by the Vatican. Now, Vatican is always supposed to approve exorcisms because they need certain things may be needed because it might be the devil like incarnate coming or it could be a super demon or it could be a demon from a different religion. They need to know, but they need a lot of evidence. And sometimes trying to get the Vatican to come by the time they get here, either the person that may be possessed, controlled or anything of that nature is dead. Or it's, it's way it's, it's way too far gone. So I'm going to start at the beginning of her story. When she was younger, she was told that she was very, very sensitive. She always had trouble because she'd see things that were not there, feel energy, and be able to tell people's intentions just from how their energy felt. And no, prescriptions did not work. It's not one of them things that you can get away with drugs. No, no, no. It's not even that. I also side note, if you gotta take pills for your problems i'm I'm scared for you unless they prescribed, and even some of the prescribed ones, please try to be cautious about that, okay, um, anyway, back to the story. when she was about fifteen, she went to the trap house for the first time, and one she knew she wasn't alone, and she knew that she could feel something something dark as fuck in this house, and it did not like her. So two thousand sixteen, it was a lot of wild parties, stuff that she wasn't supposed to be doing, et cetera. We ain't gonna get into that. But the dude who owned the house decided it'd be fun to play with a Ouija board. Time out. Okay. I love ghosts. Not, not let me let me rephrase that. I love spooky shit. I don't like ghosts. Don't like demons. Don't like like none of that shit. I'm I believe in the paranormal. I believe to a big extent. I believe you hear me. This shit shook me. I ain't playing a Ouija board. And even she said, in quotation marks, well, in parentheses, on my bag, I fucked up, y'all. She said when she was younger, she was told not to touch them because sometimes it opened a door that cannot be closed, and she didn't want something latching to her. But anyway, she did it anyway. But something in the house would not leave her alone. And for a moment, she felt like she couldn't breathe. She felt permeated. Then she started to hear voices, and she knew, don't say nothing back. Her friends called her back saying they had finished because she wasn't a part of it. They didn't get the reading, but the dude who owned the house apparently started acting weird and left the room laughing as she wasn't able to. She wasn't really with it, and she wanted to go home and didn't think about it. But her boyfriend's mom told her that there was something wrong with the dude that owned the trap, and that's something she knew because she could sense things too, and he could. Like, y'all got to be, y'all when y'all feel something, a lot of times, it ain't no eye feeling that's your gut or that's something in you, metaphysical, telling you, hey, man, or hey, my, hey, girl, you know what I'm saying, this, this, this ain't that. So she said a lot of weird things started to happen. And when she mean weird, like people start getting bit, scratched, and on occasion, all three of them fainted upstairs in the hallway after hearing somebody scream and a loud bang. And apparently, the dude hit his head on a wall and was slammed into something. But no one was up upstairs but him. So when they decided to go, to the, when they decided to go to the dude that owned the house, they the thing that they didn't want to go into this room because it literally smelt like a dead body mixed with urine. is something, something was in this room, and they were saying weird things to him. That people they they haven't even told him as far as to cut his arm open to prove that he couldn't be harmed, to be weak physically. So we found him and they found a way to get her boyfriend's mom in because she was gonna perform this exorcism and he didn't wanna he didn't want her in and kept laughing and kept laughing like this is a serious situation, you laughing and it's like super fucking creepy. Um hold on, y'all, cause some some real life scary you just happened while we were talking about this. Give me like two seconds. Alright, thought I was gonna die. Thought it was ghost in here or some shit creepy the fuck out. But um, yeah, so she... Like, it was crazy. So when he came, well, not he, when her boyfriend's mom came in, her boyfriend's mom started burning sage in the house immediately. Like, when I say immediately, that's that's what you should do to cleanse a house. Cleanse that bitch. Clean that bitch. You hear? Me? Clean that. But they brought him in the whole time anyway. He tried to stay away from my boyfriend's mom, but when she asked if he'd be interested in exorcism, he said he'd be okay with that so she started to read from the bible and the smell from his room came back where they all was And then a weird haze came around the room and he started sweating but for some reason she's holding them perfectly where she wants them and when a boyfriend tried to help she said get back and not to get close to him as it could mess her up and during this time the dude started throwing up everywhere on some exorcism emily rose scary movie two type shit <laughs> you me? i don't fuck with the, me personally me personally too i shit shitted on myself in his house no cap because if whatever he possessed by what if it just jump out at me you don't want me you know why because i'm covered in shit you don't want a shitty body you, i look i look good you feel me but i'm gonna shit on myself and i'm smearing and i'm walking out of the house because you ain't gonna want me i'm covered in shit you gonna think i'm really retarded or crazy? let me not say retarded i'm so sorry about that you're gonna think i'm crazy you're gonna think something wrong with me because i just shitted on myself and did it that That's my go to move in, in demon mode. Shit, keep going. Um, but she grabbed something and walked back upstairs with it before going back to the house and cleansing it with sage. And when everything was over, they still went back to the house, but it never felt the same. Whatever it was, was dark and it turned skeptic and non believers into paranoid people after realizing it wasn't him. But it started, but the house stopped. I stopped going to the house, basically. That's what she mean. Like, everybody that didn't believe in the paranormal, all that shit stopped. Like, they like, okay, look, you know what I'm saying? We just ain't going to fuck with that shit no more. And I feel it, because she said she avoided going there at all costs. She she was stuck in that house for a year and was going back and forth for five, and not once could you be in that house alone to sleep without seeing and hearing some weird shit. Now, this is where the shit get deep about her town, you feel me? Her town was built on Native American soil and a burial ground, to be exact. And they said it could be haunted, and when it rains, you can see people wandering on the tracks, but they get vanished when you get close. They said, don't walk alone. Always find someone who walks around you or something else. Look, I'm living in a town like that. You telling me do not walk around at night by myself? Shh. She, I went to school like that. They told us don't walk around by myself because of people. And you telling me not to walk around by myself because of metaphysical people or a demon? Mm I'm moving immediately. Take me out. I don't want to do it. But that is the end of Chris story. And when I say to you, like, dog, this, that was amazing. And she got, she sent me more things. And I'm going to let you guys know more things, but maybe not right now. I don't want to really spoil all of them but 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 her Chris I commend you for that thank you for that amazing story that you said though and I would love to hear a lot more from you about just paranormal events and your clairvoyancy it was fire man like it still scares me when I talk about it cuz I could I actually picture what was going on in that house and and thank you and thank all you guys for listening man look I'm out of here I love y'all Low-key, y'all may get another episode today because I'm feeling real generous. Peace.